GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to Gone Mobile. In this episode, we're joined by Alexandra Marin. How's it going, Alexandra? Pretty good, thanks. It's uh, it's great to have you on, and, and we're going to be talking about something that, that usually I'm the one that's always being forced to talk about this stuff, so I'm excited to, <laughs> to have someone, I'm excited to have the other people kind of stepping into this and allowing me to, to talk about other stuff, so I'll, I'll try and not butt in too much today. Uh, but just to, to sort of set the stage, um, like we started, you know, we started talking about doing this episode when I saw the, the session that you're going to be doing at .NET Fringe, uh, which is coming up really soon, so... I, could you kind of give an overview of, of what you were planning on talking about there? Yeah, so my session is called Mobile Testing for Grown-Ups. And I'm planning to, to talk about mobile-flavored BDD, um, how to do it, why it's useful, and um, all, all around it. Awesome. So... So, like, let's just let's start off by assuming that um, that listeners might not necessarily be familiar with with what BDD is. So, could you give kind of uh, like a high level overview of, of what BDD actually is? Yeah, sure. So, BDD stands for Behavior Driven Development. It's a style of outside in um, development in which you define your requirements before you do any of the code. That's sort of a, of a definition. But um, what it really means is that before you start developing, you sit down with your team, maybe with your fellow developers, with your fellow testers, with the business owner, the product manager, and so on, and you have a conversation about what is the product supposed to do, how should it do it, and you, you just try to to find out and um, and get everyone on the on the same page. So, how does this differ from other testing approaches that some other people might be familiar with, like unit testing or integration tests? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So, um, first of all, um, behavior-driven development and test-driven development are not opposing forces, so they they go together really well. But what um, BDD has extra is that you you involve the whole team in it. So, for example, a product manager um, doesn't know the technical side so well, but you you can include him, and he he or she can understand um, what's going on. Um, and how you do do this is um, by writing um, specifications in plain plain English and then connecting them to your code and after that um, running them as sort of a, um, of a continuous, um, I don't know, let's say in, in a continuous integration step. So it might be kind of hard for you know people listening because this is an audio podcast, could, but could you walk us through what an example of a behavior-driven uh, test would look like or would sound like? Um, yeah, so let's suppose we have uh, we have an app that should um, say transfer money, and as a first step, I I gather with my team and um, we we write a scenario, and our scenario could um, could look like this: um, as a as a user, when I want to um, transfer ten dollars to my friend. Uh, my account um, is debited and my friend uh, receives that amount. 
So after you have this scenario written, you can um, start coding. When you you can use the the classic TDD approach, you can uh, write unit tests and so on, um, make that scenario pass. And after that, what you could do is um, implement it as a UI test. So uh, when your UI is ready, you can you can um, run that test. You and you can uh, show the whole team how um, how the application should should behave. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So so I mean, you in, when you kind of introduced it there, like a lot of that sounded like it comes from sort of like how you design the the actual tests that you're writing. So when you're doing this sort of outside in approach, you're you're working with the you know not just engineering but the rest of rest of say your your team at large and and designing how the the system's going to behave. So so does is that as simple as is it really as simple as changing how you you name your tests and how you design them that way or does it also change what you're actually testing? Um so first of all you the first tests you are writing they're in plain English so everyone participates in those. And um, after that, you can you can do for each step of that scenario. So a step would be uh, when I transfer money to my to my friend. That would be a scenario step. So for that step, you could enter a classic TDD cycle and uh, just write um, unit tests as you normally would, and uh, and and go from there. Awesome. And, and what does, so what would you kind of classify as the, the advantage that some, say, a, a BDD and, or a behavioral driven approach gives you over a traditional approach, um, in particular when it comes to developing mobile apps? Well, I think the main advantage is that you, you get everyone on the same page. Uh, because, let me tell you a story. When I uh, started my career, I worked in a, in a corporation and I had a boss and my boss had a boss and my boss's boss had a boss and so on. And a lot of details got lost and um, being at, uh, um, at the start of my career, I didn't normally ask questions because I, I was afraid of looking bad. <laughs> and um, I, I did a lot of mistakes because I didn't ask for details. And later on, when I started freelancing, um, I, I realized that every communication problem would, uh, would result in a development problem. And this is how I kind of wanted to get everyone on the same page, to, to ask a lot of questions, find out what I'm supposed to do. And I think this is a great way of doing it because, as I said, everybody is involved and you you clear up almost any misunderstanding by just discussing examples of what uh, the behavior should be the app should do great so what tools are you using to actually enable this style of testing um well a couple of tools if you if you are familiar with BDD, you probably know about um, Cucumber and um, Gherkin. And I use, uh, for .NET, um, I use Specflow. And this is to um, write my plain English scenarios and automate them. And 
there's another thing that I do. I use um, Xamarin UI test to, to tie those uh, scenarios with UI tests and make it as um, visually um, as, as possible. So like it's super, super clear for everybody. So I'm not as big of a tester as Greg is here. Um, so SpecFlow is something that I haven't really heard of too much. Could you explain a little bit about what it is and how it works? Yeah, sure. So uh, SpecFlow is um, Cucumber for .NET. And Cucumber is, um, is um, let's say, a, a framework that automates your uh, BDD tests. Um, I, I, I should go into this a bit more because maybe it's it's not clear. So I, I gave earlier an example of how you would write an English test, and um, you you write that by um, let's say having at the top of your file a scenario keyword. After the scenario, you you defined um, some steps. So. Um, you usually define these steps with um, given, when, and then keywords, and this this is a Gherkin file. Now you um, you take this file, you feed it into um, Cucumber, and um, Cucumber ties it in with uh, with your code and does the the automation part. So then, when you're working with SpecFlow, um, and, and it's actually been uh, a little bit, it's been a little bit of time since I've worked with it personally. So, so I think in my head, I also get it confused with some of the other ones out there, like MSpec. Um, but is that so? Is the the Gherkin file the the only way that you have to define your tests, or, or do you also have the option to to write them in in code, like you might also be familiar with from from other testing frameworks? Um, so there are two two parts to this. You have to to write them in uh, in Gherkin at first, and then SpecFlow uh, for each step generates um, um, a class or uh, with uh, with methods, and um, you write your um, actual tests in those methods, and then SpecFlow makes sure that you you implemented all that all your steps. And then um, executes them, so you you have both. And then, how does the the execution environment kind of work for for these uh, SpecFlow tests? Then is it is it its own sort of unit testing environment, or does it sit on top of other frameworks? Like, what are your options there? Um, I I think it, I'm not sure. I think it's uh, it stands on on an unit to to run the tests on the on the mobile device. Ooh, yeah, I think I think that that sounds correct. Um, but like I said, it's I get I keep getting it confused in my head with with a bunch of other ones that are out there. Um, but then, and I I guess kind of taking a jump off of that, like the one of the other things I'd be curious to hear your experience on is how you kind of approach writing reusable scenarios and reusable tests. Because one of the things that that always happens when you get into UI testing, right, is you have these actions that you end up doing over and over and over, especially if you want to test, say, a screen that's eight or 10 screens deep within your app, and you don't want to kind of keep repeating yourself all across your, your tests and scenarios. So, so how can you approach writing maintainable tests around this? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, don't be afraid to refactor. I think this is very, very important. And um, you can 
you can have some some steps that you define and you repeat you can have um, so you you know like in any unit there's a setup method you can have this as well and um, yeah if you need to go through 10 screens you just um, write this setup method it runs before um, every test you mark it with a setup attribute and you're good to go is there anything about Xamarin development in particular that makes this type of testing easier or harder? Um, well, if you're writing both iOS and Android tests, there are some, um, some things that make it a bit harder because you need to, to abstract a lot of things. For example, if you have a UI button, um, on the iOS side and you have a, a button on the Android side, you need an abstraction to just write one test and um, run it on, on both um, platforms. But then I guess you've but, got the advantage of uh, writing one test and using it in two platforms as well then. Yeah, 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 that's, that's definitely an advantage there. So then, I would assume that in the on the, in the, when you're at least doing this inside the the Xamarin world, that you're leveraging Xamarin UI test um, for all this. Is that right? Um, yeah, Xamarin UI test, and then uh, Test Cloud, Test Recorder, and they they have great uh, tools around it. So, what is your what does your workflow kind of look like? If we can, you know, kind of imagine your the step by step you would take if you were trying to to start adding, say, a, a new specification to, to your suite of tests there? Like, would you start with the test recorder and go back from there? Like, what does that story look like for, for the things that you're working on? Um, well, I, I'd start by, by writing a spec, spec flow file. Um, I'd implement it, it with, uh, with unit tests. And... Um, yeah, so write the code first, and then the UI part, and then um, make it make it into a test. I'd use the test recorder if I already have my app built, and I need to retro retroactively add some tests because that's um, that's easier. But um, usually, I I use the the REPL. So inside. Um, Inside a UI test, you can put a breakpoint, you can um, open the REPL, um, interact with anything that's on the screen, and then you can, you can copy that part and uh, paste it right into your test. Right. Yeah. The for anyone who who the REPL is actually always like one of the first things that I show anyone that I'm demoing UI test to because I, I find it immensely useful. Like for. And also just as a, a PSA along those lines for anyone who isn't familiar, like the one of the first things that you should run upon opening up the REPL is the tree command, which gives you a really nice uh, you know, text representation of the whole visual tree, which makes it really easy to start figuring out how you can query for your different elements and all of that. Um, and I believe you can also just write, you can, there's the copy command to say, to take everything from your REPL session and be able to copy that to your clipboard to put it back into your test. So it's kind of a, a little more manual than the test recorder, but you get a little more control there. Uh, and that's that's actually how I, I like to do it as well. I like having all that control. <laughs> yeah. so, so then you also mentioned taking these. So now you have, so now you have, we have specifications, we have 
uh, the UI test pieces that are that are backing these specifications and the tests. Um, so those are being tested on, say, iOS and Android. Um, and, and you mentioned in passing a little bit earlier, uh, being able to take those and put them into test cloud. So are you able to take your spec flow tests as like as is without modification and publish those into test cloud and run them across devices? Um, well, Specflow, it's not that integrated with TestCloud, but you can just um, add your um, UI test files and you, you've got no problem with those to, to run them. Now, the, the downside here is that they take a bit of, of time to, to run if, in, if you have a lot of them. But um, yeah, what I usually do is when I when I push a commit to to the server, I have it set up to to run them, and it's it's going pretty pretty okay. So like not every time I I do a build, but every time I push code to to the remote server. Right. What uh what t- continuous integration environment are you using? Out of curiosity. Um, so I'm I'm just using um, Test Cloud, and I have a, a bot connected to um, a GitHub bot connected to it. Oh, nice! That's a that's a nice setup too. That's cool. Yeah, I I love the the ability to to get test results into like CI environments and stuff as well. And I'm always curious to hear what what other people are doing around all that. Um, so so kind of back to you know John kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, but I'd be curious to, to get your sense of, um, is, is I would wonder if there's anything about, say, Xamarin development, um, or maybe even the fact that Xamarin has you developing in static languages like C-sharp or, or F-sharp um, that, that makes the, this BDD and test-driven approach uh, easier or harder. Like, you know, the, the old classic example is write a red t- and failing test first, and that, that was a whole lot easier in, say, the Ruby community where there's no compiler that you have to satisfy. So, so I'd be curious to hear your experiences along those lines. Um, well, I'm, I'm just doing C-sharp and a little, little bit of F-sharp, so I can't really compare to, to other languages. But what I would say about BDD and uh, the mobile um, environment is that... Um, you have a lot of products on on the market. Um, you you have a fierce competition, and BDD is just a tool of making your product better. And you really can't afford putting out a bad product because it's <laughs> it's just not worth it. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you never want to find out through the App Store review system, why users are upset, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Those don't go away, ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So even along those same lines, and, and again, I'm just, in a way, I'm just kind of geeking out because I enjoy talking, testing and stuff. But like, so do you, uh, do you personally prefer the that whole write a failing test first approach? Is that how you, um, do you approach developing your apps from in that sense? Or do you end up filling in tests later and that sort of thing? <laughs> um, yeah, I absolutely prefer writing tests first because after you write your code, you you just never get the time to to cover it with tests, and like nobody has time to uh, to refactor, and <laughs> you you know it's better to just do it correct the first time. So yeah, I absolutely prefer the um, red green. Um, 
classic cycle. Right. And then how, so, so now we're in this environment, you're writing, you're coming up with specifications kind of upfront and you're using those to drive the, the development of your applications. And, and presumably that's with sort of the, the whole team involved. So for argument's sake, let's say uh, a product person and, and engineering and everyone's working in tandem here. Um, how, how does this work when, say, the, the specification needs to change, right? Like, this is all great up front when you, when you have the initial design, you, do, you, you figure out how everything needs to work, you develop it, now you're covered in tests, but, but now you realize that the, the behavior needs to change. Like, how, how flexible is this model to that? Um, well, I'd say that this this type of thing should be prevented a bit because um, you at first you, you go through examples of how, how it should behave and hopefully if you discuss enough you have a pretty stable model but let's say if, if it happens down the road um, I guess it, you approach it as, um, as another type of refactoring so you you just go through the normal steps uh, so you'd have to to change your scenarios a bit you'd have to end um, everything from from there so you start with the scenario and then your unit tests and then your code and then your write tests and and so on <laughs> right have, have you found it um ultimately to to be beneficial that I mean, I guess if, if you're, if you're having to refactor all this stuff, it's still in some ways a good thing because you're still getting test coverage over the new behavior and you're making sure you didn't break old things. Um, so do you find it to be kind of a net gain overall, especially because the, the whole team stays involved with the whole design here? Um, yeah, I think, uh, working in a, in a team, it's, it's pretty important to um, have everyone uh, communicating with, with each other. So I, I think from that point of view, it's a net game. Even if you end up coding a little bit more, I, I think it's it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and again, I'd be curious to, to hear to hear how you approach some of these things. So, so now you there's this obvious divide between. Um, things that you want to approach testing through behavior-driven testing, and this is going to be much more UI-focused, as you've been talking about. Um, but then there's still the the whole world of, uh, say, unit tests and lower-level tests. And I'd be curious to know if you've come across like a, any good ways to, to strike a balance between which layer you should be approaching testing different types of uh, functionality within your apps. Um, yeah, absolutely. So one thing to mention is that you don't have to to do BDD with UI tests and uh, you don't have to do UI tests with BDD. You can absolutely do them uh, separately. But I found that the, the best way um, to use UI tests is to illustrate um, simple business rules and the most common um, uh, common flows within the app. For example, I, I'd use UI tests for um, adding an, an item to the cart, for example, or um, for, uh, for a login um, screen, let's say. So um, to test flows, to test multiple screens, uh, and yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you have you um, have you leveraged BDD outside of the the say like specifically the the mobile realm, or even even outside of the the Xamarin realm, or have you mostly been using it within uh, within this scope? Um, no, day to day I work with Xamarin, and um, <laughs> I'm kind of limited here. <laughs> no, that's that's not a bad thing. I'm just always curious to to hear it's... sort of. Uh, Sort of what what the gen, more general experience is, because obviously BDD is is much more widely applicable than than specifically mobile stuff, but yes, um, ha, has a lot of great benefits within mobile as well. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time, so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io, and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. And are there any other tools that you use that we haven't really talked about? I mean, we touched on UI test and you know test cloud and test recorder, but... Um Besides SpecFlow as well, is there anything else that you could re- uh, point users at? Um, no, this is this is pretty much what uh, what I use, and it's it's kind of enough because you you cover um, writing tests, you cover running them, you uh, cover having a, a CI report at the end of your day. It's, it's pretty much a complete toolkit. So one of the things that we usually ask on the show when we're talking about you know tools or frameworks or tests is how someone gets started from like the very basic file you know menu new. So could you sort of walk someone through where they should be going to get started to use these tools that we've talked about? Yeah. So I'm using Xamarin Studio. If you're using it, you can add um, a plugin. Um, it's called Specflow. And you can write your um, your um, specflow files like that. Um, I think for Visual Studio the process is kind of the same. Um, if you, we're talking about unit tests, you need to in your solution you need to add a new um, a test project. In, inside that you need to add from NuGet a unit and um, a UI test. Inside your um, application folders, you need um, the Xamarin UI um, test agent, test cloud agent, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah, and even at a, a more conceptual level, just to kind of try and you know and wrap things up a little bit and um, tie it all together. I, and this is something that I, I fight personally as well when when. It's easy when you get started talking about these sort of things, especially when you're talking to uh, folks that that aren't might not be doing any level of testing or or much testing. Um, it, it's easy to to kind of overwhelm them with a, a big list of tools and approaches that they should be doing and, and all of that. So, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you have any suggestions for someone who who is just getting started with this um, and how they can sort of maybe dip their toe into the world of BDD and, and um, you know, BDD app testing more specifically for, for our listeners without necessarily getting super overwhelmed up front and feeling like there's this just crazy world uh, that they don't understand yet. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've, I'd say to, to start with uh, UI tests uh, and uh, Xamarin on their GitHub um, page, they have uh, some great examples of, um, of UI tests. And um, I, I think it's, it's the most impress uh, impressive because it's, um, you, you get a lot of stuff happening visually and you, you, you understand very quickly what's, what's happening. And from, from there you can, you can think about um, writing scenarios and uh, how, how would you use the app, how would you write scenarios and so on. Awesome. Well, I think that definitely gives gives our listeners a, a really good starting point for um, kind of, you know, like I said, getting their feet wet and, and starting to explore this. Um, is there anything that, that we, we kind of didn't cover or anything um, other than, you know, you should go to .NET for Engine, we should check out your talk? Um, anything else that, that we should do before we kind of close out? <laughs> I think we, we covered pretty much everything. Awesome. Well, job well done all around. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to chat about, um, well, again, one of my favorite subjects, but I'm excited to have other people joining the and fighting the good fight here. So <laughs> thanks so much for, for coming on to, to share this with our listeners. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll, we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.